Hello and welcome to Do the Right Thing, your weekly writing prompt podcast. I'm Alexandra. And I'm Jarvis. Jarvis and I were aspiring writers with one simple, common problem. We never actually took the time to sit down and write. Mm -hmm. So to solve this problem, we're issuing a challenge. Each week you sit down and write a complete short story using three or four randomly generated words. Then we come on the podcast, we read a story, we talk about what we learned in reading it, and then we talk about the rest of the stories sent in by you wonderful listeners. Exactly. We're simply here to help you do the right thing. A A doof doof media media production. production. I do wonder what the definition of, like, production means. Like, I I think it does mean, like, we're funded by doof media, right? That's that's what it means? Which is is technically correct. mm -hmm. Yeah, that the uh, whoever is the overhead for the project... Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. is typically either fronting money or, or resources or the experiences. Overseer. Yeah. The, um, the overlord. The, the, the all-mother mm-hmm. and the all-father. The god-king. The god-king. The uh, prophet? The prophet-prophet. Haha. Prophet. <laughs> well, granted, good, right? wouldn't, wouldn't we be the <laughs> prophets in this situation? I guess so. We're yeah. the, the, the disciples, yeah. Mm, yes. Bit. I'm like Peter, that. and you're... Um, Paul. Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene. That's right. I'm mm-hmm. the whore. The anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. Hey, hey. She she did more than that. She like washed. Uh, she washed Jesus's feet with her hair. Yeah, I said she was a whore, right? Yeah, yeah. But 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 that's, he was. That's he was, what he, I he was, uh, get cool services that. for. Oh. So to wash feet with my hair. Um, all right. So uh, we have a special treat this this week uh, because Jarvis. You're bringing uh, an old story of yours. Yes, I am. I am bringing a personal essay, um, a, a creative nonfiction piece that I wrote for uh, one of my classes this uh, semester. I've been doing a lot of um, nonfiction writing work, and I've, I've found that I, I do actually really like the form. It's a nice mix between typical prose that you know you will find in a fiction or a, um, or, or a nonfiction piece, but it's a little bit more ab- abstract to where it's sort of... Bo- Tour sort of borders poetry in some ways. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, uh, I'm excited to listen to it. I really enjoyed reading it when uh, you showed it to me earlier. Um, and I guess, is there anything else we should know going into it? Um, um, you want to give any like backgrounds or some of the, your your vocab terms you have in there? Uh, I know like not everyone knows that Pflugerville is where you grew up, but mm-hmm. um, Pflugerville, Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, but else? yeah, I think the the only other thing is that this is a uh, th- uh, this is a triptych, which a triptych is, is normally defined as a uh, type of painting where it is where it is split into three different pieces, where um, each piece is its own painting, but it does have certain elements from um, other pe- uh, from from the other pieces. So gotcha. when it's put together. It it uh, looks like a larger piece, but it can be looked at separately. Also, I did not know that. That um, is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, do, do you have like a, a marker between the sections? I know it is visually on the page. I don't, I can't remember how you're going to do that. Oh um, uh, yeah, so um, basically each each section has its own sort of like subtitle. So I'll just read out those ah, uh, great, sub, great, 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 great. The, like subtitles. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, mm-hmm. Cool. All right. No, I, I I can't wait to get into it. Then I I didn't realize that that was the um the 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 framing of the format. Do you know anything about the history of that format? Like where it comes from? The triptych. I'm pretty sure it it, it it's an old real. It's a, like a really older format. I would say Greece. I think. Oh wow. Um, so yeah, really it, older. It, yeah. So yeah, it's it's an older style. 
um, that really fits well into most uh, eras when it comes to to paintings. But the the triptych when it comes to the personal essay, I think, is a newer development. Uh, I, I see what you mean. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm not totally sure when this style of um, I guess quote unquote story uh, storytelling crossed over from the uh, from the art world into the literary world. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that, this is unrelated, and then we'll just read your story. Um, that does remind me, um, the, like, uh, three paintings thing. Yes. Um, of, uh, and so during, in medieval times, right, they had, um, theater that was mostly just to show scenes from the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and in one of my theater courses in high school, we learned about how one of the, like, main things that was done was, like, these theater plays on like wagons they would have like 12 wagons or something and then on each wagon and they they go around in a circle um and on each wagon like characters do a scene from the bible and so you just like sit there around the circle of wagons and then you watch as like each wagon comes in front of you and does their little bit before moving on to the next part of the crowd mm. I, I don't know there was just something very strange about that um and then i'm just reminded of it because it's like the whole different scenes that show a whole kind of thing. A whole, yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, yeah, because I know, at least when it comes to theater in the uh, in the medieval era, it was, uh, there was a lot more focus on mobile theater, on the um, troupe itself being able to move from place to, to place or pretty much follow wherever the um, crowd is. So, yeah, I can definitely see <laughs> them hopping onto wagons <laughs> and then doing their, uh, their plays that way. Road trip. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay, let's get into your story. Mm-hmm. All right. <clears throat> so this is a triptych by yours truly, Jarvis Lister. And the and the title of it is is On Playlist, Saddies and Maddies. Saddies and, and Maddies, V37, Zodiac Shit. As we left Lewis' funeral home well into the a.m., I restarted the EDM Afrobeats album Cosmogramma by Flying Lotus on my iPod Nano. As as my mom whispered, he looked good to her now only father. We crossed the parking lot. Myself thinking of the uh, Zodiac Shake music video that just aired on uh, Adult Swim. Before a white non, non-descript bus creeps to the rain-wet parking lot. This was 2010. I was a curious 10-year-old, too too young to understand where the bus's yellow paint went, or there was no funeral home field trip today. The bus pulled around the the crowd of emotionally drained churchgoers to to show me, my mother, grand-grandmother, and step-grandfather its black border strip paint that said, Bexar County Penitentiary. Oh, phooey, my granny exclaimed as she tapped out a, a cig. Bubba won't get no time with Senior. She wiped her eyes as we stood what what seemed like miles away and watched my rugged 6'4 uncle step off the bus and, and get unchained, the round rent-a-cop behind him shoving him off. You got 20 minutes. Make the most of it, James. We were completely silent as the funeral director stepped, stepped out the front door to turn and, and lock it just a few feet in front of Bubba, in front of the huge bus that no doubt smelled. 
We could tell it was him pleading with the man. Bubba's gravely smoked out voice breaking under the guilt of never seeing his father again. Just five minutes, man. Please. I remember the moment Bubba was shoved back on the bus. We locked eyes. Zodiac shit ended. Again. And I restarted it before I could feel anything beyond the beat. Serves him right. My uh, grandpa whisper. Granny promptly hit him. Sadie's and Maddie's V1. Never meant. Since before I was making memories... That dark Pflugerville apartment off 1825 Road was home for me, myself, and I while mom was out making pocket change. During those few years in the late 2000s, my old, my old friend, Chris, uh, taught me how to download songs from Napster and, and burn them onto CDs, but never showed me how to put more than one song on a CD. So as Chris dumped full EPs and uh, mixtapes on my doorstep, all I could offer was a 20 stack of CDs ranging from Daft Punk singles to corn covers to a Scratch CD somewhere at the bottom that held an unintentionally lo-fi mix of Never Meant by American Football. After all the CDs we, we burned and viruses we invited in with open arms, similar to how CDs went, went out of style, so did our close friendship. But the day before he left for for Colorado, he made one last CD, a collection of every song from every moment we had together, appropriately titled Sadie's and, and Maddie's VV1, since I always pushed grunge metal on, on him, and he pushed punk emo on me. Now, I don't know that man. I really don't. Is he who he was with me all those years ago, or another smoke-starved beast entirely? I couldn't say. But maybe he too looks at our little collection of CDs, thumbs through the singles and covers, and smiles too. Knowing we'll always have that little apartment off 1825. Sadie's and Maddie's V101, Your Deep Rest. When I first listened to Your Deep Rest by the Hotteler, an emotionally driven song about the aftermath of a suicide, I was slacking off in my sophomore math class. My mom called me out of the blue, Your Deep Rest, still drumming on. She knew I was in class, but answered, How are you? And proceeded to, to tell me that my great-granny died of cancer, that her funeral was tomorrow, if you want to come. Sad, how cancer always gets the listers. I said plenty of sorrows, but didn't want to go. I had no desire to, to see her pale, loose-fitting loose shell the cancer left behind. No desire to, to guess how, how slowly she died or how quickly they embalmed her. Mom hung up, most likely to cry through, through her lunch break. For the first time... In the song, the uh, guitar picked up to a, to a roaring fever pitch of true agony. The vocalist hit the mic, digging deep in the uh, memories of his long-suffered friend. I called in sick from your funeral. The sight of your body made me feel uncomfortable. I found the note you left behind. Little hints and helpless cries. Desperate wishing. 
to be over. You said, Remember me for me. I need to set my spirit free. For the last time, I pray that her God would accept her. All right. Uh, yeah. Damn, dude. That's um. That was good. That was really good. Um, I'm not sure where to start exactly. Thank you. I, I I did find it very interesting the three part framing. Um, because I feel like they are very very connected. Um, enough that I didn't notice the first time that I I read it that they were supposed to be something to be taken. Um uh separately in addition to being taken all together um because that theme mm-hmm. of um i guess remembering the, the 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 past and the things that we've um and the people that we've lost um is really strong throughout the the whole piece um so i mean kind of a classic way to, to start off these discussions about our pieces is just like what went into into writing this what went into um how did you get to bring this out um yeah so uh when i was assigned this um, project, I, I set out to make a pretty decent uh, triptych, right? So I was really just sort of looking through my, my life and finding three different moments when I felt a certain feeling. You know, these uh, moments that, that that can be linked and also moments that are linked to music. Um, because throughout my entire life, music has been a huge part about how I not only enjoy life, but also how I deal with um, very difficult uh, situations. Music ha- has always been there. And there's always been a song or a um, album or a uh, artist that's really been able to um, allow me to release those feelings right. through them, right? Um, so yeah, pretty much just sort of looking through all of the music that I had, looking through all of my thousands of, um, playlists and just really finding three, three, uh, three moments where music helped me more than words really, um, either, either me listening to music to, uh, to get, uh, away from the moment or, or me listening to the music so that the, um, the emotional weight of the moment doesn't really crush me. Uh, I I I know um, the first moment when, when I was watching my um, uncle, you know, fresh fresh out of prison, um, going to see his father, who they never really had a good um, relationship, right? But seeing him get off of that bus and be denied right in in front of your eyes, that's something yeah. that's always really stuck with. You know, being being so glo- so close to that closure, but life itself and also your own choices sort of ripping that mm-hmm. satisfaction yeah from yeah in fact um, like that was shocking um, enough that i didn't mm-hmm. quite understand the first time i read it i wasn't sure um what had happened there because it just didn't register to me that someone would be denied um after being taken all the way out with a a bus from the, the prison that they would not be allowed to, um the person that they came there to see um yeah that's mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, the the way that that um, segment ends with uh, your grandfather making the comment about how he deserves it, and then grandmother um, hitting him, but not necessarily like saying "don't say that," you know. Um, yeah, that, that I thought mm-hmm. that was a very strong moment. Yeah, thank you. And yeah, I I guess that was me sort of letting the uh, reader into the dynamics of my family without going too deep into the detail. Which I know is um one thing that we did learn when it does come to the to the personal essay is that it is as important with what 
you you say to what you don't say to what you keep to, to what you keep out of the um so yeah i i know um throughout this i was really trying to not go too deep while also hinting at the depth of these mm-hmm. yeah of course um yeah uh so how did you like um dig down to get these in the first place i mean i'm surprised that i i would have difficulty finding that that common theme between like these di- disparate moments um and um i guess i just want to know more about like the the process of finding them yeah i mean honestly literally that was the hardest part not even writing it really just sort of finding these these moments and and finding out a way to tell them um and yeah it just took a, a lot of time really um a a, a lot of time with me throwing stuff at the wall and sort of stepping uh, away from the piece, letting it breathe. I I know um, as I was uh, writing this, I um, did something which I really haven't done in a while, which is just right. go outside and walk. I just started walking. I, I walked all all around this this place that I lived. I, I walked all the way down to the local corner store, got me a, 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 a coffee. Um, both me sort of letting my, my mind go away from, from writing while also sort of focusing deeply on the emotional drive of this. What is the soul of this piece? And what am I actually trying to say with uh, these words? And that's sort of how I, how I came up with this link between uh, music, between uh, loss, between sadness, between things being messy and, and, and inherently complicated. Um, and also how all of that uh, affects me, a person that in most of the events in in my life, I have mm-hmm. been a very passive, you know, I've, I've never really been in the thick of it, or I guess I don't allow myself to be like I know when uh, my, uh, when my grandfather passed, right. I didn't cry, because I, I built up those walls. Uh, uh, around my myself and um, around my own e- emotion. Um, also, uh, my mom did enough crying for the mm-hmm. uh, for the both of them. and and I know our personal di- dynamic is that I've always had to right. be strong. You know, I've 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 always had to make her uh, make her laugh, make her not focus on all of her own shortcomings and her own anxiety. Um, and yeah, so I know I I I definitely wanted to add that sort of uh, that sort of uh, element to it me being a passive viewer but also having my own emotional stake in these events that i've i've made distant Mm -hmm. from myself um i felt like Mm -hmm. so the first and last both have um a funeral happening um so i found it interesting that the Mm -hmm. middle one is sort of the least connected with death right um and so, so it seems yeah. like the, the the sense of loss that is in that one is that loss of a um, a friendship, right? And I was wondering mm-hmm. how you would describe the rest of like that that connection between that section and the rest of them. Um, and uh, yeah, how how you would um, reflect upon the, like the fact that you have a denied funeral in the first one, a funeral um, that. Uh, you did not want to go to or did not find point in going to and then this middle one that does not have to do as much with either of those things. Yeah, um, so yeah, I would say that the middle one mostly is, um, so basically to um, to go back to the 
idea of myself being distant from from certain things. I've always had a really deep connection to the friends that I do do make now because I've I've always been really big on a found family on um, the people in in your uh, in your life having to choose you instead uh, having to choose you to choose to love you instead of them being I guess obligated as a parent might uh, might be or a family might might be so I so I kind of wanted to to show with that with that middle section is that me sort of not having the same friendship with Chris as I used to is on the same level as the death of 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 my grandfather as the death of of my great grandmother that I, that when it comes to the uh friendships that that I do make those are the only moments mm-hmm. that I really let people and that I um that I allow myself to feel connected with with these people I I bring down those those walls so to see that mm-hmm. that didn't work it's it's not only the end of a friendship it's the it's a death of a friendship so i kind of wanted to put those those three pieces together mostly to put even more importance on really? the middle piece uh the uh the climax if you say um yeah it's so yeah. interesting that you would describe it as um the the climax of of the the piece not that, not that i'm saying that's wrong i um just find that interesting because yeah it, it yeah because it is like completely separate from the other places not not only in a different time period but also in a mm-hmm. uh, different place um and i think that that's also work that, that's also working more so towards me establishing this link between time and 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 space when it comes right. to loss and uh yeah for, I, I think for me, the um music. The fact that this is the part where you've set up what the title is, the the Saddies and Maddies, and where that comes from, um, it's interesting because mm-hmm. it sort of makes it like um, this is it, the 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 thing that's echoing throughout this whole piece is um, that title, but also that that sense of loss and sort of how um, even though it was like a a link that you made with this um, this person, your friend, it also is like inextricably tied with loss because it's it's gone, um, and it seems like. The way that you've mm-hmm. written that section that you're not even you don't have much of a desire to go out and like reform that friendship you just kind of um feel comfortable or feel like it's kind of supposed to be that way of um leaving that um friendship sort of just just gone and and, and leaving it as a as a memory instead of something to pull back out mm-hmm. yeah definitely and um i think that's probably the the reason why I decided to have this story not be non-linear to where what what happens in the beginning, the um, first section, actually happened after the uh, mm. second section. Um, and uh, the the like ending is is the end of it. That's that's the last I guess picture in this um, uh, in this three part painting. And I sort of decided to do that because I wanted to set up the link between my my negative experience with death when it comes to my to my uh, grandfather, um, and then and then go into where that where the core of that feeling is uh, coming from with me losing a a. A friend to sort of justify within the reader so that they understand why I did want to go to my to my great great right, funeral right because because I because I've already right. been burned yeah by death yeah at that I find it interesting that you even at 10 years old were exchanging music CDs that's kind of wild to me 
Uh, yeah, and that was well after <laughs> yeah, wow, damn, that. you were India ten. That's that's cool. Um, and I did like that little mm-hmm. touch also, just like never being taught how to to do that little step of having more than one thing on it. Um, I think mm-hmm. that's very. Uh, I don't know. It's sort of like your 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 friend teaching you the the bare minimum, but kind of not really going out of their way to make sure that you you get everything. I don't know. There's something amusing in that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which 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 again, I feel that the the oh excuse me the omission oh, there is that that in itself is sort of trying to speak towards the wider dynamic of the re of the relationship right. that we did have. You know. That like I always felt like I was riding on his uh, on his uh, coattail for a for the majority of 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 the time that we were really really close friends. Uh, not not saying that that that's a bad thing. I mean, I had some of the best times of of my life with that guy. Um, but you know, it's still that that was the dynamic, and it was uh, it was very uh, interesting when I was thinking back that the foundation to that dynamic went went all the way back to when I was ten, making uh, CDs for him right. to like listen to. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's interesting to have that mm-hmm. um, that long of a perspective in it. I also want to look at the the way that you bring in. Um, the text of a song into this um, it feels like with the rest of them mm-hmm. um, you the, the rest of the songs that are that are mentioned here you do cover the like the the genre and the title and a little bit of what they like felt like um, but it is in the last part where you um, talk about your deep rest uh, where you bring out the whole verse which is a really well written verse I, I, I think it's a really um, great use of the lyrics of a song in a, in a bigger piece um mm-hmm. yeah i mean i mean just song. honestly yeah. just i love just that song. the the first line of, of that verse alone I, I i think i'm probably gonna hold on that for a bit the i called in sick from your funeral mm-hmm. um the side of your body yeah, made me yeah. feel uncomfortable <laughs> um it's good it, it's it's really good and so i guess that's a, a a song that's been on your mind for a long time enough to make it into this piece yeah no definitely i mean uh within that that moment when i when i got that call it was the first time really that I wow heard that uh, that song yeah and uh when that when that kick picked picked up it also mm-hmm. in that moment picked me up it it took me out of that moment. It's it's uh it's denied me being depressed about the pa- the passing of my grandmother. And within that moment, I wasn't in school. I was I was I was mm-hmm. I was in the music. I was I was feeling the same hurt that they felt because even though uh, both of the people that were close to us were gone in very different ways, the pain was still there and the pain was still real. Through that song, I was able to take the pain that I was feeling in that moment and really starting to feel and push it somewhere else. Put it put it somewhere that's a lot more uh, that's a lot more pa- a lot more palatable. Something that I, that I could have actually handled. In that moment, and I mean, ever ever since then, I, I made a whole playlist uh, based on that that really? uh, that one song. Um, was I yeah? Was I guess you know that that started my journey into um, uh, uh-huh. Midwest emo, right? Yeah, I would love to hear um, more about yeah, your no, whole I mean, perspectives yeah. with uh, the genre and the others. Um, it feels like you have a lot 
to say on them. So you should probably do something with that. Yeah, maybe. I mean, hey, hey, uh, I've I've really felt fell in love with the form of the um, of the personal essay over this last uh, semester. So I'm definitely gonna gonna keep on writing them. Um, probably trying at larger pieces because for some reason a lot of teachers at uh, UNT mm-hmm. have word limits for some. <laughs> I think it's reason. probably just um, and they I hate can't those. cover. You know, if everyone writes 10,000 words, that's kind of a lot, but... True. And then also, you know, it's it's a whole thing of, like, when you want to send it into any sort of um, online uh, magazine, typically, yeah, they um, do have word limits. I think uh, Brevity, right. which is a very popular one, has a 700 I mean, considering word the title limit. of it is um, Brevity, I kind of... I get it in their case, but... You, you, would, you would think so, right? Um, but yeah, so yeah, I think honestly, that's, that's just been my biggest struggle this entire semester is, um, taking all of these like huge, like multiple page I ideas and, um, pairing them, them down, uh, a really con- a concise and a uh, shorter sentences. I mean, I mean, even with, with this story, I think if I can pull up the original version, he was mm-hmm. six pages right. long, right? So I had to cut that in in half. And the beauty of that, really, is that I was able to really choose what is yeah. adding to this story. Where is the, where is the e, e emotional drive? How, how can I put this entire uh, paragraph into just two sentences? Um, and yeah, really, really, ch- really challenging my, uh, uh, myself to be not only brief, right. but also... Yeah, no, I, yeah, we've talked a lot on this podcast about... Um, that whole method of overwriting and then cutting things down to make sure that everything that um, does end up in your piece is basically the best that it, it can be. I think you did a really great job in um, keeping things short and um, and uh, I don't want to say concise again. I, I want to say like efficient or um, like condensed mm-hmm. or just dense with meaning kind of. Um, yeah, I think you did a good job with that. Yeah. Um, Nice. Yes. Okay. So yes. I have I have one one question for uh, for you. After reading this and also hearing it read, um, do you think that the order of it is is like well? Yeah. Well no, done? I I do. I would say confidently yes. Um, definitely the first section okay. absolutely feels like a great first uh section. You have um like a nice easy visual first in- introduction. We see this little scene and have like just a tiny bit of of reflection on yourself as you sort of just barely insert yourself into the scene um, just by playing mm-hmm. that that music tape uh, tape um, right as that um, as you make that eye contact um, before you leave on that really mm-hmm. great um, like two beat moment with your your grandparents um, and then the last piece absolutely feels very correct with the song lyrics finishing it off and sort of um, that trailing off with the sort of desire just to not go. Um, no, I, I think it's well structured for sure. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Just just making sure because I know when I uh, when I brought it to to my group, they had a, a lot of stuff to uh, to say, um, especially about the um, song. Really? Song Why? Or like what? Mm-hmm. I mean, they they liked. Well, yeah. So so mostly it was them trying to look for uniformity in, in how I didn't add any song lyrics in, uh, into the uh-huh. into the previous section, and then this last section sort of finishing off with a longer um, with a with a whole verse of, right. of the um, song. And like basically, most of the things they were saying is that they would have liked to see song lyrics <laughs> okay. throughout it. 
Um, yeah, which is mm. which is interesting because I feel that that last yeah, moment is no. the only moment that need that deserves no to have yeah song, I completely lyrics in it because it isn't I as much. I completely agree. Physical, I mean, it's yeah. the last section. You're allowed to, if anywhere, you're allowed to flip things around to make it a little bit different. It's the last section. Um, yeah, no. See, that's a pretty great example of how like sometimes. Uh, any sort of critique group, or really any critique you receive from anyone, sometimes it's just coming from, I think, just the wrong angle, and I think that's definitely one. That yeah, that seems if if you like arbitrarily just for the sake of structure put in song lyrics in both of the other sections, I think it would feel very strange and off-putting. Um, yeah, it yeah. yeah, same. Especially since the the uh, the the uh, first song. Uh, Zodiac yeah. shit doesn't have lyrics. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So no, it's hard to actually, even do yeah, that. The more yeah. I think about it, at least, I think these pieces are, the, these three short parts are far too short to put in whole, like, even if they, they were just, like, four lines in the other two, like, that would just kind of be, like, a whole chunk. Um, it would, yeah, yeah it I would think feel so. bloated, right? Like, most people, when they, they do that sort of thing, especially in shorter pieces, it's like they take one song and then intersperse the lyrics throughout, right? Um, you know, they'll have, like, the first two lines mm-hmm. of, of the, like, opening right at the beginning, they might have, like, the chorus in the middle, and then they'll have, like, their favorite section at the end or whatever, uh, but yeah, no, that, I don't think that would, that does not feel appropriate at all for this piece, um, so that is, yeah, I don't okay. know how multiple people it seems like in a, in a class, I mean, if y'all listening disagree, please send us an email, or, um, hop on the Discord and say so, because... Um, I, yeah, I'm holding a very strong opinion that that does not feel right to me. Yeah, which is fine because I mean, my uh, the teacher okay, said good. that it, yeah. it's fine that that she preferred that there weren't lyrics all uh, throughout it. Um, especially since what I was, let me see, I was yeah, I was like tw- thirty words right, from right. Uh, from yeah, the yeah. word, especially with the so. context of, yeah, of the yeah. Um, requirements for the assignment. Yeah. Um, so before we move on, mm-hmm. what would you say that you learned from this piece and slash or what would you do differently? I know it's not a do the right thing um, prompt, so it's not like you're going off of that 30 minutes, but still, I'm sure you can find some things to reflect on. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, what I learned from this this piece, um, really, I think the best thing is sort of establishing my place mm-hmm. within the personal uh, since it is a totally different form that that I that I haven't really tried um for for like the first part of the semester I was really trying to to figure out how how my voice and my style of um storytelling would fit into a story mm-hmm. about my own life which is of course a lot more, uh, a lot less grandiose and uh, eventful than the stories mm-hmm. that I do tell. So, yeah, I mean, like the the biggest thing that uh, the the biggest thing that I learned is just where my place in it is, and also just how how effective the 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 personal essay can can be when it comes to sort of working towards those deeper and really hard to, to um explain feelings and um yeah just to sort of how how you can tell a story in a different way that doesn't have a ending right or a beginning a a, a, a story that is focusing on moments and not sort of going for the breadth mm-hmm. of it yeah no i absolutely feel that uh, especially for um things like poetry and I, I honestly i feel like most stories a lot of times we mm-hmm. really do focus far too much on that um yeah beginning middle end plot driven kind of writing and it's kind of 
it's kind of pointless. It's not really yeah. how... There's no reason that stories have to be in that format. And there's been a lot of writings on how we should um, disattach ourselves from that um, that structure. It, I mean, it's funny. Um, I forget who the scholar is, if it was Judith Butler or someone else, but talking about how the whole, the, the traditional three-act stru- structure, right, with a climax and everything. Um, I know I've talked about this before, but it's it's the same kind of structure as the male orgasm, right? It's the, <laughs> it's just, it's literally a rising action <laughs> okay, until yeah, you yeah. hit a peak, and then everything escalates for a moment, and then you have that quick drop-off. Um, I mean, they could, they could call mm-hmm. the, um, you could call, like, a, that epilogue, that moment of reflection at the end of a story, uh, basically post-nut clarity, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah, that's basically yeah. what, well, what it is, in, in, yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's not necessarily... I don't know if, if her point was, like, literally, like, the story structure that we use um, in this male-dominated industry, at least historically speaking, um, is literally intentionally modeled off of the male orgasm. But I think the point kind of being that it does not have to be in this structure at all. Um, yeah, and, and, and also it couldn't have, it might not have even yeah, been yeah. in tension. It could have been that um, that uh, subconscious yeah, yeah, want, I guess. To yeah, like or just like that's sort it. of the yeah. way that we structure it. I mean, it, there's a lot of other things that just like the male perspective kind of uh just kind of invades a lot of things. I mean, just hierarchies in general, patriarchy is a very, it's not at all um, like a inherently better structured for governing groups but just because we grow up in in them at every single level not just in our households but in every single kind of group that we are in there's there's those hierarchies when um yeah we don't actually have to be in that at all we could do a more communal thing where everyone has an equal part or just takes center stage for a moment before dropping back like um Anyway, the, the, the point being that there are these other modes and, and structures that we can use that we don't even think about just because we are sort of conditioned by the only examples that we see being in those particular formats. So um, off of the, the, the formatting off of the male climax, it, you could also do an off of, the, of more of a female <laughs> orgasm if you're going to structure it off orgasms, right? Where it's a lot more uh, like spaced out, smaller um rises and falls and and things um or just not or based off orgasms at mm-hmm. all that's also an option <laughs> so <laughs> yeah yeah maybe maybe just tell the story in the way that's yeah, best yeah. for it to, um, to be told yeah so um I, yeah the, the the feeling of um having these particular moments just to reflect on and sort of leave um rather than having that exactly central point and, and main moment i think is um definitely the kind of story that i, I appreciate a lot mm-hmm. yeah def- cool cool well uh i it's, i guess we've talked about it we've answered all well i've answered all the possible questions that you have is there anything else that you want to uh gas gas me up on um i mean not in particular on? for regarding gassing you up but uh yeah i very much enjoyed the story and i'm glad that you brought it here yeah thanks thanks yeah i'll um i'll i will definitely be doing this more often maybe not all just personal essays but writing in 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 general um after this this next hump mm-hmm. of school is over but it is high time to roll on in to next week's stories. This week's stories. Or this yeah. week's stories. Um, let's get into them. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's the first story that we're reading or talking about? Yeah, well, first, 
I, I would like to say thank you to both uh, Matt Said Words and uh, Jarby Jass for submitting your story this week. Uh, and the first story we're going to be talking about is by Matt Said Words with 7.5, Caregiver and Caretaker. So this is the, um, the last chapter off of the, the, the ghost story with the deaf man with rage issues um, <laughs> that Matt Said Words has been writing over the past while. Um, and here we have that old man of the Hotel Auto going to that hotel room where um, Travis just woke up to see Scott dead in. Um, and uh, we have this whole moment setting up the, the tension and the um, fear that Otto has going in there, knowing that something terrible has happened in there. Um, and he goes in and Travis sort of throws Otto against the wall and accuses him of having Scott killed, basically. Um, and there's a lot of anger, a lot of tension, a lot of... Um, everyone's kind of upset until finally Otto actually, uh, checks if Scott is, um, alive better than, than, than Travis did. And they find out, oh, he, he actually, he did live, um, um, by virtue of having earplugs in, um, after studying the, the myth. And he is deafened at this point, but he's not dead. Um, and so Travis pulls out the device that we were shown in the first couple of chapters that allows people to hear, um, through a, a different method without uh, hear through the vibrations of their head rather than through their eardrums. And so he's able to hear enough to understand. And it's, I, I think that was like a nice moment of, um, of uh, parallelism. So yeah, we have this um, sort of conclusion to this story. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I do love how this, how this story is sort of a winding down post climax. And I do like how in the previous one, we did spend time with Otto sort of getting this sort of outside per perspective after this very chaotic uh climax and i do like how yeah all of the all of these threads are being are uh converging into finding out that scott is still a a lie which is a twist on 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 top of a twist and and i do like how how angry travis is at um auto which he should be i mean i mean even if like auto did tell him of this ghost story it's still why would you let anyone sleep there um, but yeah, no, this, this, um, uh, this, uh, entry is, it's filled with a, a lot of good stuff that is sort of winding us down off of this story. Um, so since this is 7.5, I guess we are going to be expecting a, uh, eight, a, uh, final chapter, which I think will be really nice and a, uh, and a really good bookend to the story that, uh, has had some twists and some turns. It did sort of, um, dis- disrupt the flow of the beginning mm-hmm. in the best way possible so yeah i think that this is a great a great in uh, a, a great entry that's uh, that's edging us closer mm-hmm. um well matt said words in um a comment talks about um how they were writing the story and planning the story um with i i think some some great reflections they do talk about how this is probably the last um section that they're going to submit to um the podcast for a bit because i think they want to step back and and restructure some things it does feel yeah that there's like room for like a little bit that final like epilogue from like travis's perspective or something but from how massive words talks about Mm -hmm. the story it sounds like the story is gonna expand a lot more actually in their rewrite um, this being like part one from Travis's point of view, but then that there will be a part two from Scott's perspective and a part three from some other characters as well. So that would be very interesting. I'm, I, I don't know how that would turn out, but that sounds really cool. And um, I, I, uh, one of the, the comments they make is about how um, they 
heard us uh, like mention things about how we, we felt that Scott necessarily didn't need to die, and so that's why they they brought him back in in this section. And um, not that I feel that like listeners always have to uh, put in our input immediately into their pieces, but I I feel like this was really well done. Actually, I feel like this actually. Um, works really well like there was that like added sadness in in the last section of like shoot this is like um not only someone in the past is dead that was already dead but someone new is dead oh no but then yeah we do back off and say that there was like a a a terrible tragedy here and this other character is now uh basically deafened but we don't have a sort of unnecessary like extra death on top of it i i think it actually works really well like i would not suggest Matt Edwards go back and like undo Scott's apparent death in the first one. And I, I think keeping it like this would be really cool and, and good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. But um, thank you very much to Matt Edwards for uh, sub, submitting your, your story. Uh, and the last story for this week is by Jarby Jazz with Chapel Yeah, so on this the is with the Fleshcrafters universe and this one continuing off of the um, the children that had their 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 family killed. Um, so Eloise and um, Parv go to this place, and they they speak to these uh, <laughs> these spooky children, um, and um, we sort of get a revealing a little bit about everyone's like sort of mental state and a little bit more understanding of what happened, where the two children awakened their necromantic powers, which is how their butler was able to come back from the dead and smash in their their killer's face who is still alive and apparently ready to be tortured for questioning um but uh they are not able to bring back their their parents and it's clear that these children although they are um clearly like emotionally like damaged and sort of uh apparently emotionless or at least have much lower like inhibitions regarding their emotions they still they still care, and they still, um, they, they're still mostly sad. They're still children, um, and, uh, I like, yeah, yeah, I like the way that this plot is going and how it seems getting more sinister. Yeah, definitely. I think this is a great con attenuation from the, from the previous entry. Um, I do like how we do go a bit more in, in depth into these dynamics, uh, into these powers. I do like how a sort of upper limit for their, uh, ability has been set, you know, cause, uh, in the, in the previous one, in in light of them bringing their uh, their uh, caretaker back to life, I was wondering, like, okay, so does that mean that that they can bring anyone back uh, back to life? Yada yada. But I, but I do like how, yeah, how how we get a better scope of what abilities they 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 um, they do have. How we go into sort of their their like family history. Um, so yeah, I think that um, this this uh, entry is really chock full of more more pieces that um, work together in this um, larger puzzle. So I am really looking forward to seeing how mm-hmm. this story keeps um, going. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so um, thank you very much to Matt Edwards and Jarby Jazz for sending your stories. This yeah, week. thank you so much. Um, if you want to be like all these wonderful writers and submit your story to, to do the right thing, you can do that by going to Reddit at slash r slash do the right thing. All you have to do is sit down for 30 minutes and write a complete short story using three or four randomly generated um, words. I almost started saying then we come on the podcast and we read a story we talk about it <laughs> reading it. Um, yeah, um, 
You can also send us an email at rightthinkcast at gmail.com and tell us what's up. Um, there's some other wonderful stuff going on here at Doof Media. Actually, there's there's two things I want to mention. One, um, Pale Reflections is having its uh, 100th episode. And for those who didn't know, um, Pale Reflections, the, the podcast where Ellie and Ruben are covering Pale, um, uh, Wild Bo's, uh web serial Pale as it releases, um, they have been recording a lot of their episodes live on the Discord, actually. Um, so if you want to tune into those live episodes, I, I, I haven't, I'm not caught up with it, so I'm not actually sure if they like answer questions on air or not. Um, but at the very least, you get to be there with the community and react um, as they speak about it for the first time, well, which I know is um, a lot of fun. Um, you can do that. And I know for the 100th episode, they are definitely do that. And um, getting on the Discord is free. If y'all didn't remember, um, you just go to doofmedia.com slash Discord to get that invite. Um, additionally, um, we did another little special thing this last week, which is a lot of fun, right, Jarvis? Yeah. yeah um, so fun. over on Kingslingers, Scott and Matt ran a Do the King Thing contest where their listeners... Um, and some of our listeners, actually, some of our listeners submitted stories to that, um, wrote uh, stories in a Stephen King style. And um, last week, uh, we recorded, um, yeah, Jarvis and I went on to that podcast, and we read the three winning stories and talked about what we learned um, and, and some analysis about them. And it was a lot of fun. So uh, if you are a Do the Right Thing listener and have not listened to Kingslingers, go check that out. If you are um, a Kingslingers uh, listener and, and checking us out for the first time, hello, how's it going? Um, it is good to meet you. Um, and uh, we hope that y'all stick around and, and submit a story because there were some really, really great um, stories in that contest, I remember. I know some of them were... Um, at least one, I think it was Captain Rhinos, I think, um, was uh, mm-hmm. submitted to this podcast as well. Um, and it was, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was, there was some great discussion. And um, I'm looking forward to the next time that they put on something like that as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, so we have so many wonderful things happening in Doof, but we also have wonderful stuff happening next week, which is. Mm-hmm. Um, next keeping week's in words. mind that the. Um, extra theme for this month is in their words, writing a story in a character's voice. I think you did a great job this week with that, Jarvis, even though it wasn't particularly for this podcast. Thank yeah, you. your, your stories always have a, a great sense of voice and personality in them. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> but all right. The, the, the words weren't posted, so I'm... I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Well, all right. So next week's words are civilian applause... Horn and so medicine. a um, civilian is someone that is not military personnel. Um, they can still be someone in government or mm-hmm. not, um, or they can be sort of collateral damage, someone that did did not deserve to be targeted. Um, civilian mm-hmm. um, bombs, civilian yes. clothes are normal, non-military clothing, um, and other things like that. Um, the second word was uh, applause. You said applaud. applaud. So to applaud is to clap for something or to otherwise. Um, give your uh, exclamation of of celebration for someone else's performance, right? Or or I think it is for performances, not necessarily always like a performance on stage, but it can Typically, also be a performance yeah. for like a job um, or um, like in a word ceremony or something like that. Um, did you say the third word was corn? Mm-hmm. Horn. Okay. Uh, horn. Cool. Great. So a <laughs> horn is the um, how would you describe that? The the, the keratin. Um, yeah, horn is is a protruding um, 
bone-like fixture on, uh, typically on the head of, mm-hmm. of animals or, or demons even people. or even Yeah, people. you can get horns now. I, I don't think they look that cool, in my opinion, but you can get them, so... I'm waiting until oh, yeah, I can get like possible. full on like the like the big horns like um uh Hellboy esque horns yeah yeah ooh yeah with the uh, with the uh, yes, flame yes, flame of course, crown of course. um so <laughs> yeah they're they're usually made of um, keratin I think that's how it is like what 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 makes one technically a horn rather than um like a tusk tusks are made of tooth um or any other sort of thing rhinos have horns. I don't know what else have horns. Bulls, bulls. If you mess with the bull, um, get the horns. Go- goats. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, you're goats right. Goats have you're horns. Right. Um, yeah, and they can be used mm-hmm. for um, headbutting things or slicing, or po- stabbing things. Um, you can also mm-hmm. be horny, which is when you want to have sex. That is that is something that you can be. Yes. Um, the, there's sex. the horn of Africa, which if you like look at Africa and look at the shape, and you're like, that's a horse. Then like the then the top of it's like the horse's horn because horses have horns. Um, mm-hmm. mm, and yes. what else, Jarvis? I can't think of any um, other horn. A, isn't there a frog that's like a hornworth or something? Horn. Yeah, the, it's a horny uh, toad. A horny exactly. toad. Um, that's mm-hmm. all I got. <laughs> if you have any other horn words, feel free to include them. Yeah. And then what is the last word, Jarvis? Yeah. Medicine. So medicine. medicine is a kind of thing given to someone in order to cure them of some sort of ailment. Um, they can take many forms, so usually mm-hmm. modern day they are like pills, um, but it could also be um, different kind of herbs, or it could even be like practices such as like stretching or spells, um, yeah. or even just like, a, you know, laughter is the best medicine. So when you go hee hee ha ha, you get a lot better. That's true. That's what they say. Um, it can cure anything. Cancer. Mm-hmm. Um Heart disease, sickle cell amenia, amenia, amenium, 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 amenia. Yep. Sickle cell medium? A medium. Uh, It can cure that, laughter, if you laugh Mm -hmm. at it. It does it. Thank you. Um, So, Jarvis, uh, real quick, (laughs) give me your uh, three-word story using all four words. Three-word story using all four words. Okay. A horny civilian needed medical Mm -hmm. attention because... During the stage mm, performance, words. during the final Three applause, words. he had been horny <laughs> with a boner for more That's than seven concerning. hours. Yeah, he took too many Vi- Viagras before. Wow, this pretty fucked up of him. What a what a terrible horny boy. Yeah, what a very bad boy. I know, but 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 mm-hmm. uh, tell me, tell me. Next week, what what is your um? Um. Uh, well, story? prepare to give me an an applaud. Give me one applaud, please, because my story about um, a horned uh, civilian, what was the other word? Medicine, Medicine. a doctor, a horned doctor. He had horns and he's a doctor and he, he, the Mm. medicine, he's a unicorn. He was a unicorn doctor and the medicine is his own, is his own horn, except he gave too much horn to everyone. Um, And so one... Uh, he didn't have any horn left. And then two, everyone was cured of diseases, so he couldn't be a doctor anymore because no one needed him. And um, and so he Damn. just died um, starving and alone because no one was, no, no one could, would pay him anymore. And that is why socialism is really bad because if you cure, if you cure all the problems, then uh, you, if, you, if everyone has universal health care, then you can't have doctors. 
So do the right thing. Damn. And Honestly, that is go get tetanus do the right, right thing. now for, for for a doctor's sake. Yeah, just 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 go to your local junk a junkyard and touch the first piece Here's of rusty slice. metal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the metal like rings.